Welcome, welcome, welcome. We're we, back. It's Wednesday. We're back, yeah, baby. We've been gone for a couple of weeks. We had uh, some quarantine stuff you'll hear about on Friday's episode. But, That's right. Uh, all that matters now is we're back. We're all healthy. Everybody's good. Nobody actually had anything. So. And no one died. No one died. That, well, at least no one in our small circle. That's right. I hope, I hope nobody in your you circle died. as well. Yeah. Yeah. And if you did, uh, sorry, sorry to bring it up. Uh, like hitting us in the full percentage points of listeners too. That's so, right. Uh, that just sucks for everyone. <laughs> sorry, we'll change the subject for you. <laughs> we're going, we're going too dark here. So Wednesday special. Yeah. Uh, so uh, we just had the federal election. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Um, what a colossal waste of six hundred million dollars. That he, you couldn't have said it any better. Yeah. Um, uh, liberals again. And another minority government. Sweet. Again. The yeah. block. What's the point of the block? I, I got to get the this block off my is chest. honestly, it's, it's to me, it's an offensive party because it's not a national party. It's, it's offensive. It's it's offensive to the form of to national de- to national democratic uh, system. Yeah, it's a fucking provincial party. It's a provincial separatist separatist party. Yeah, and, and not a federal party. I, I, you don't belong here. You're a provincial party. Like, just be a provincial government. Yeah, but don't don't fucking get in here with and say that you're now gonna just be some random federal party. It's it's insane to me. Well, all it does is almost guarantees a, mi- a minority government, and the minute that the leading minority wants to get a majority, they automatically have to pander to Quebec. Yeah, and this is why Quebec has the cheapest childcare, the cheapest post secondary. And the best public health care in Canada. Well, yeah, the Constitution in general is one of the reasons why. um, And also just inaction by Ontario's government to stop funding the Catholic school system because that was part of the original Constitution requirements through Quebec. And Quebec Mm. doesn't do, hasn't reciprocated their part. So Ontario wouldn't have to either. But uh, yeah, I mean, I... Listen, I hate the way our fucking seats are divided. I mm-hmm. think it's I but but the Americans would all be clamoring for the seats to be divided to seats in their system to be divided much the way ours is because ours is based off population, right? Like we have 36 million people in Canada is 14.7 million people in Ontario. Right? Yeah. Like that's almost half of the country lives in Ontario. And, but the amount of the, the, it, that shouldn't matter. No, like the, I know. The population number and economies are two separate things. I agree. I agree. So here's here's where why I said like I don't know where I fall because in the U.S. they have a bigger issue right with the electoral college, mm-hmm. which basically makes a Californian's vote because of population density worth significantly less, sometimes less than a third of like an Oklahoman's vote, right? And so there's there's a huge issue there because they did it based off of more economy mm-hmm. right and so now are the people being represented in that system like it's hard to really know yeah. because i don't think representation is really going to happen but it's why i think that having the block is bullshit because the province that gets its all all of the handouts or gets a fuckload of handouts the fact that that it's french a, privilege it's a, baby well I mean, there's a lot of issues with it, and I'm not going to say that like there shouldn't be. There's no. There's. I love a lot of Quebec culture, and I have a lot of friends from Quebec. I've lived there for a couple of years. It's. It's. I love it, but I understand that their political ideologies and a lot of the people that that hold those political ideologies are are 
wanting to separate or they have different they have different views of how culture should be protected because they are a small culture within a bigger culture um so they they take a lot of extremist positions on those uh, on certain things but they get a lot of handouts and the biggest one to me is to hold any political position you're supposed to be bilingual and less than 20 percent of the country is bilingual so immediately you're you're cutting out 80 percent of the country uh for eligibility now obviously that doesn't matter harper could stumble his way through uh some pretty offensive french uh impressions but he couldn't like but that's not going to get you the Quebec vote. So what I'm saying is I think that the Bloc Québécois needs to disappear because it's not a fucking federal party and they need to play with the rest of Canada before they separate. You don't get to just have a separatist party and pretend you've already separated. You're not voting for anyone. Like, none of us have representatives in the Bloc. Like, we can't make a Bloc government. You, will, you can't win. All you're doing is taking votes from conservatives, liberals, and NDPs, mm-hmm. right? <clears throat> Where those actually matter... And preventing us from having a functioning government, mm-hmm. right? And the other thing that pisses me off is when you look at the percentage of votes, the bloc has more than double the seats that uh, ba- based off percentage points than do the NDP. NDP had significantly higher uh, voter turnout, and they have fewer seats than the bloc do. Mm-hmm. So, and it's just because of how their their vote was spread out across the country. But that's why it's even more important to get rid of the Bloc Québécois. It's such a absolute waste think, of political I capital. I think in the next election. I'd be shocked if there wasn't a uh, Wexit party. I'd, yeah. be, I'd be shocked. Well, it'll be the PPC federally, well, probably, <laughs> right? I uh, maybe. I um, mean, like if we get if we go from a, a relatively left leaning progressive um, in uh, in our current um, municipal election to a Mike Nickel who was formerly running for the UCP head of the UCP position, so then we would ha- have uh conservative here and then we have the chance of also having a ucp uh uh funded uh mayor coming out of calgary the entire of alberta is now a incredibly uh irresponsible fiscally irresponsible version of 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 conservatism they're not conservatives well they're the united conservative party so i but it's like that's that's it's the no true scotsman there's no point in having that argument you good point, right? There's no, there's no true Scotsman, so yeah. it doesn't really matter what you consider to be a conservative and what I consider to be a liberal. We've already been fa- found out. Most people that like you envision when you think liberal, and when I envision when I uh, think conservative, aren't each yeah. other. Yeah, I mean the, right? the traditional uh, yeah. liberal conservatives were pretty much on their heads. Yeah, you know, like uh, a, a liberal was someone that was more free thinking and independent, whereas a conservative was someone that wanted to, you know, maintain uh, religious traditions. And now it kind of a, a liberal wants to maintain social order, uh, and a conservative wants to maintain business order. Yeah. And it, 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 it's 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 weird because when you communicate with language, and this is why, like we talked about this on Friday, you know, Fox News calling, uh, you know, anti-vaxxers pro-choice, you know, it's just, it, it, it just erodes the language we try to communicate in. Yeah. And it, it, this is the, the, the problem, like I think we discussed on Friday as well, but with marketing, yeah. you know, uh, I don't think we're really electing with reason um, as our final arbiter at all. I think we're electing with feelings and clever marketing. Well, I think the, the, the interesting thing is like I get to, because of the nature of my job, I, uh, and I think you probably would have a similar experience, but mm-hmm. we get to work with a lot of younger kids. So like late teens, early twenties. Mm-hmm. And I found it interesting because um, 
I don't I don't put anybody on the spot, but when when they're talking about it, they were uh, offering up the information, and so I found out where what like what they voted for and i was always just kind of curious and so one of the the more interesting ones that i was talking to most of them didn't vote which is not surprising much as i encourage them to but uh uh one of them did vote and he is um a he works with disabled kids and he's going to college right now to become a teacher and he i was like oh how'd you vote and he was like like what'd you vote based off of? he was like oh, i just asked my parents what to vote for and then I'm, i just voted the same way and i was like oh that's kind of sucks what did, what did they tell you to vote for because they know you're what you're going to school for they know what you care about and they obviously played a role in all of that and they said uh, he said conservative and i was like oh okay interesting so did did you realize like when you were doing it that the party you were voting for is the one that's trying to shove in a Virginia-based curriculum and is uh, consistently under underfunding public education and trying to uh, increase the amount of handouts they can provide to private education systems. Like, basically everything you care about, mental health funding through public education systems, so, you know, helping the disabled kids, all of that is being cut by conservatives on a regular basis in the, in the guise of business uh, uh, value. Value, right and and uh return on investment and so it was just curious like i asked him he was like yeah i know i don't know like he didn't really care but i'm like wow so like you literally are fine if someone just comes in and turfs everything you've worked for that's just so weird and and it and it struck me um and i came up with with a narrative to try to explain the difference between how i view people in bc and people in alberta and their understanding of politics uh, across the board because i see I see us as very similar through the 80s and 90s, like our populations were expanding and yet we were still ignored federally. We still are. Right. And so we were getting more and more power. We're starting to become more and more of these actual like full functioning provinces. We start to have our own businesses instead of just like carry over yeah. law then laws they and all started this. importing oil from a country that. You know, well, stones women well, to yeah. save money. Well, that was that's Quebec, yeah. But 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 before all of that, what happened was was actually it does it does connect to oil though. Mm -hmm. BC had no natural advantages. They were incredibly reliant on the rest of the country. Alberta had natural advantages. So one of the things that happens with the oil fields is that it actually created wealth, not just with the educated class. It actually created a weird divide. The most of the middle class or, or middle education, I would say, didn't actually profit a huge amount off of it. They did by, by their investments and through land ownership and things like that. But it was actually the people who were willing to risk their lives to work on the oil fields made a shitload of money mm -hmm. and the CEOs and executives made a shitload of money. So there but mm -hmm. but what it did was it created this a massive pocket of people who never actually had to care that they were being ignored by the government because they had they they were fine they yeah. they had everything taken care of BC at the same time is equally as ignored right by the by the federal government maybe a little more so because they don't have the same profitable oil coming out of the ground and so the people there focus on taking care of each other and increasing know, their man. education I... and socializing and political education and it's why when you like there is a lot of ignorance i'm not going to say ignorance doesn't fly yeah. in both ways yeah but what i'm gonna say is people in bc when you ask them why they voted for a party they'll tell you whereas the answer you get here from my experience and i've been asking quite a few people the answers are typically pretty shallow and stereotypical, whereas in BC, a lot more thought seems to have gone into it. And I think it's because they grew up more 
getting fucked or more aware of the fact they were getting fucked and alberta's just waking up to that now and also now broke so yeah so like albertans are now scrambling for it and i think the next generation of albertan kids like like my daughter but even the kids in between like the 20 year olds and my kid are going to be incredibly politically well-versed because they're seeing their education system getting fucked with. They're watching this conservative government throwing away $5 billion. They're seeing their parents throwing away science. They're watching all of this happen in front of their eyes. The next generation of kids is in Alberta are going to be, I think, incredibly politically involved. And hopefully ultra-capitalist. Well, I mean, I don't know. I don't yeah. know because they've watched the failings of ultra capitalists. Well, I think because that's what like Kenny. If you describe him in one one I, phrase, it's ultra capitalist. No, I describe him done. as a retard in one word, but, but that's an offensive word. Everything I, he's I, done though has been for capitalism. You I, can't you know, say it hasn't been. everything he's done has been for his friends' businesses. Capitalism, and government, and business does not make capitalism work. But the one, why would you want? Why would you want let all of the fail. kids that are ideally going to be politically engaged to be hardcore capitalists? Then, because that's what innovates society. I would disagree with selfish that strongly, interests. and I would show a whole lot. Well, yeah, selfish interest uh, uh, um, innovates society. There's mm-hmm. a, there's no no denying and not, that. No other system rewards selfish interest better than the capitalist system. Uh, no other system denies people the amount of free time to actually uh, explore self-interest more than the current iteration of capitalism. Do you mean the oligarchy we live in? Yeah. This, this I, is, I agree with but that. But this is the end game. We can't turn it back. We can't go back to 1970. We can't just turn off no. smartphones. Like, you know what's crazy? There's a crazy statistic I heard. In 2011, the percentage of uh, westernized people that had smartphones was 35%. 35%. Now, mm. we've talked about the Dunning-Kruger effect before. The Dunning-Kruger effect, just to, to jog everybody's memory, is the, the psychological effect that was discovered, I think, five or six years ago, um, that when somebody knows nothing about a topic, they are fine to be ignorant about that. They acknowledge as such, right? More often than not. But when someone knows something about a subject they will immediately think that they know more than the experts. And mm. the experts are less confident in their knowledge than do the people who know very, very Well, because very they're little. scientists. There's never facts Well, yeah, but that's what I science. mean is the more you learn in science, the more questions you have. That's so exactly the, it. when you only know a little bit, right, you end up being more confident. But that's not just in science. That's in everything. It could be about an actor's life. You could watch one, like somebody who watches Good one point. documentary about LeBron James will claim to know more than his mother, mm. right? Because, oh, well, you didn't know about this championship game, this, that, or the other thing, or at least they'll think they can go toe-to-toe with them in conversation. That's the Dunning-Kruger effect. Fair. Right? And so I find that that's it's this little bit of knowledge right now that they're getting that's causing this like extreme overreaction that we're seeing. Um, yeah. And I, I think that when it comes to the, the capitalist ideals, I think that we've gotten to the point now where we've gone so far from, from I think being able to recoup it. So basically once we had the expansion of the smartphone right in 2011 uh, at 35% so 2019 85% 85% so we managed to see half of like a 50% uptick of the western population got smartphones in over the course of 8 years 8 years mm-hmm. now here's the interesting one they've studied 
social social commentary or, or social, uh, social studies on uh, and psychological studies on the Dunning-Kruger effect since its discovery to try and see how pernicious it is. And the craziest one was if you have your phone in your pocket or on your table or on your person, you are more uh, you are less confident in an expert's opinion and more confident in your abilities than if you do not. And it's by a massive factor of almost 30%. So if you have your phone on you, you i.e. access to the internet, yeah. essentially, yep. uh, you are 30% more likely to argue with an expert? You are 30% more, uh, more likely to distrust information coming from experts. I see. Because yeah. you feel the confidence of the research that you can do is, is going better to than their opinion. What, what they can do. Mm. That right there is that piece of information was what made me realize that you can't go back. You can never go back because now everybody, it doesn't matter what expert comes out and says, you need to spend less time on this phone. They won't trust you anymore. You've lost the game. We can't win that battle. So we have to think about the next stage. Right. And I've been talking about like my, I have a buddy in BC who also didn't vote, didn't want to vote NDP. Also, uh, he would fall more in your category. He's far left for a, uh, an American right winger, but he's pretty right wing for a BC, like always been pro pipeline. Um, always been about, you know, clean for deforestation and, and there's ways of doing that properly. Things like that, that, that I think he's been one of the, the ones who's probably helped expand my perspective on some of those things where I was a little bit more opposed initially. But we were talking about the future evolution of capitalism because he's a huge fan of capitalism. He, he's worked in the car industry forever. He was actually my reference uh, when, when you mm. and I first met up. Yeah. Um, so and he, he owns a, a car shop now. So he he's he's, you know, entrenched in this industry and he's in te- entrenched in the capitalist ideals. And he jokingly even said, he was like, yeah, I voted for the NDP mostly because I know everything is going to explode and I just couldn't bring myself to vote for the one party that'll make it explode faster, which mm. in his opinion was the conservatives just because if you ignite the social warfare on top of the economic one like we see in the US, you have a chance for a lot of infighting. Mm. And so it's kind of like what we're seeing in Alberta where there's more hostility because of the government inaction and you have like the poverty plus the the being told what to do plus the lack of safety yeah. creating a lot of anxiety right like and again you look at the it's a 90 i think it's 92 percent vax rate in bc and it's a lot more confident going places and doing things mm-hmm. right so i mean i think that we're in the end game i think that we have to kind of I look agree to, with you yeah you said it oh yeah, yeah, there we go. There's the end game. Oh, you did it. I I, uh, I agree, and you know, I I I see. I just look at the uh, the spending right now, the inflation right now, uh, at about four four and a half percent. Last I checked, and I imagine if this inflation takes off, which it will, uh, we're going to be around six percent by the end of this year. Which leads me to believe that if the government has any brain cells left. Uh, it would start to raise interest rates in order to stifle inflation. Now, I know they're saying, oh, we're not planning on raising rates, blah, 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 blah. But they could always enforce an Emergency Measures Act because this inflation is getting out of hand and raise taxes and raise um, interest rates. And what that would happen, what would happen, people would immediately have to stop spending. But then all these people that have bought houses 
right now, and they're locked in at one per one two percent over twenty five up to thirty years. Right now, all the, all you're paying right now, if you're not doing advanced principal payments, is the interest. Yep. Well, so you when can go rates go up, and you can sometimes hit some of your principal, but not a lot. Yeah. No, but when rates go up and your payment triples, yep. Uh, how many people are going to be able to afford to live in these houses? And might I remind people, they were more than willing to help the renters in this uh, societal struggle we just went through. They did almost fucking nothing for homeowners. That's not people, true at all. They had mortgage deferral, pay, uh, like mortgage deferral. Mortgage deferral, great. So I get to pay interest on a payment. What did I didn't they do make. for renters? They let them live rent free. How? They they uh, they they banned evictions. They banned evictions. Yeah. So, so what's the incentive to pay? So through uh, so they banned evictions, but they also banned more uh, mortgage deferral, which is in in theory what you need that money in order to pay. But that affects your credit. You defer your mortgage; it affects your credit. You defer your no, rent unless they there was no court. penalty on the credit. It was Absolutely, a, there is. I no. pull credits every day. People that deferred their car payments, people that deferred it was a their penalty, mortgages. It was a penalty-free deferment for that was open for a twelve. That's 12 fine, window. but any lender that you're going to get credit from is going to see that and make a determination based on that. Yeah, that you didn't could. have the funds. They could. I do think you're going a couple of stages later. So I do think that two things that that, that are important to know that are different in Canada. No, I'm thinking that's be... probably going to happen about five to ten years. Well, okay, but see, that's why I think that that's actually a couple of stages later than where I think it actually needs to go because there's one of two things are going to happen. If so, Joe Biden has a very strong chance of declaring insolvency. Like the the United States is 27 trillion dollars in debt. Right? They added they added seven trillion dollars under Trump. Mm-hmm. Um, they kept ki- kicking their fucking debt and debt ceiling ratio down the wall or down the road. And there's a chance that they become insolvent and they are completely and utterly fucked. So if that happens, if that happens, mm-hmm. there's going to be a, a calamity on a global economic scale that we've never understood before, because you've got a couple of things that they could do. One, they could just ensure that they're only paying their military to force other countries to continue to play game as usual. Uh, That's the only reason why the U.S. has the standard currency for the planet. It's their giant military. Well, I mean, (laughs) they kind of walk hand in hand because their giant military grew, which caused, like, and they were able to grow it on the backs of threatening other countries. Absolutely. And And straight up imperialism? It was just one country at a time. For sure, bro. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, it was just just the same way England did, right? 100%. Right? And and largely, I mean, it's almost always private corporations, right? Like, I mean, there was an article recently about the the offensiveness of Hudson Bay Company is selling orange uh, t-shirts. Um, and Hudson Bay Company is literally, they sold Manitoba to the Dominion of Canada. Dude. The Hudson Bay Company was the trading company across Canada. They are, uh, they are directly responsible for the cultural genocide of First Nations people. So, yeah, yep. <laughs> so it's, while they weren't pulling any profit from those shirts, it was directly towards charity. I can understand why it would be fucking offensive. Mm-hmm. It would be incredibly offensive. It would be really offensive. I for... mean, if their profits are going to charity, though, I mean, <laughs> uh, it's a hundred percent going to charity, and so that's it's... that was the one thing where I'm like, okay, it's, I get it. Like, they're just like 
you know, they just, they need more indigenous people on their board of directors meetings. That's yeah. it. Like, cause the guy would have been like, whoa, dude, like, seriously, this kid, like really like this yeah. could probably be seen as this. And then they'd be like, oh shit. Cause it's probably just a bunch of white dudes. Let's be honest. Yeah. And like, just like us sitting there like, Hey, that'll probably be a good idea. Yeah. We, uh, you get the charity out there. Everybody loves these fucking orange shirts for some reason. So it'll make us look good. Yeah. And then like, wait a minute, company history. Yeah. <laughs> well, and that's the thing, right? Like, so, so, I mean, I think that what could happen in the next few, next couple of years, and we could even see it in this year, is the United States defaulting on all of their, their debt. So mm. that no would be... Kidding. Yeah, so I think that our global investments, uh, our, our, our mineral investments in silver will probably pay off handsomely because there will uh-huh. be, be a lot of, uh, a lot of value in... Uh, uh, that's in, the world I would not really want to live in. Well, though. no, but I don't, I don't know that... So, the option two, let's say we get to that five to 10 years down the road. Let's say the U.S. finds a way to just bully the rest of the world and we keep we keep things status quo. Yeah. So we get to Canada down the road. There's actually a way of doing it that would be insanely unpopular when it comes to the banking community, but it almost doesn't really matter because the banking community is so corrupt. So government has the ability when they have a necessity... So they can uh, they can argue that it's a federal necessity that they can actually expropriate an entire business from them and take mm. it entirely. So expropriation means that they just take ownership entirely. They've done that when they were building railways. If a house refused to move, they're like, look, we're going to expropriate it from you, which requires them to pay fair value, fair value for it. Right. So if they were... What is like not even great value, like fair. fair. So market value. And the market Mm -hmm. value is often like if you get an assessment in Vancouver, so there's been been comparisons like this when I was in law school about it. You get an assessment in Vancouver, it's like 650 grand, but the market will pay you like 1.4. So because like the house itself and the property objectively isn't worth much, but it's the bidding war and the scarcity and exclusivity that's worth the... the extra bit so oh my God. you can get fucked in certain respects yeah, there. That, in, in a huge respect there that's... yeah so like i mean though, again, then again government expropriation almost never happens it did happen in vancouver though which is why we're reading about it because it was in uh a um how do what's a good way to say it? a prostitute building a building <laughs> operated exclusively for pimps and prostitutes and people to get killed in um yeah get killed in oh i'm sure that there was or die or od there was all sorts of fucking shit going on so it, was it was in like the downtown a, it was east a brothel. side it was it was just a scuzzy fucking building with no security whatsoever oh, so it wasn't like an actual business like no the guy the guy who owned it was renting the rooms to people oh shit yeah okay, okay. but all sorts of random shit happened there there was never water heat or electricity was off all the time and yeah. like shit like that and so eventually the government just because this guy was served with so many warnings they were just like fuck it we're expropriating it and they just took it from him yeah so you can do it in certain extreme examples but what i'm saying is that's an extreme example but here's a good one if we're about to see i don't know I, I don't know why they just wouldn't use civil forfeiture, you know, at that point. Well, because well, by, by means of crime, you, like you can nail the guy saying, "Well, you've got all these pimps and prostitutes to, here." You'd have to show, so you can take their profits and means of profits. But if they're not profiting, then it's tough. It's also very difficult to do civil forfeiture without an arrest, like a valid arrest 
on true so yeah so he'd have to be caught doing something there and yeah then take, whereas opposed to it. just negligence which yeah. is what he was really getting i just uh, think negligence would have taken a lot longer than trying to find him doing one thing illegal i mean he sounded like a great guy <laughs> you know <laughs> well the expropriation makes it like a one where the government can take it be like the reason why it was valuable is because it was supposed to be low-income housing yeah right and so they were like look we'll just take it because we can make it that and so that's what they did. And I didn't think in that case it worked out, but that could also work with they just went, huh, Royal Bank of Canada. Right? Mm. They just look at them and they go, you're going to raise our interest rates by quadruple? You're going to fuck over our entire citizens? Well, your current market value is, guess we're going to have to go into business. Right? Yeah. And it would be an extreme move, but we're talking about an extreme situation. Yeah. Right? So I don't think that it's, I don't think it's all doom and gloom. I think that there's the ability to still pivot and find ways to make this system work. The problem is, is that I don't want it to work. I want to see it crumble. I want to see Fight Club. Jesus. Like, I'm... Because the faster it crumbles, the more likely I get to see the best parts on the other side of it. Like what? Like uh, the chance to have a more automated society where we're actually not working to survive. We don't Uh, owe the world uh, anything. If society is going to crumble, nothing is going to be left. That's There's, not true uh, at all. Uh, maybe when you're an old man in your 70s, things might start turning around again. But if if society goes through the swings that you're discussing, uh, you know, where literally people are going to be displaced um, or, or government's just going to straight up take businesses, uh, it would it, be a fucking disaster. Uh, there'd be blood in the streets in almost every major city, especially in the U.S. Yeah. And um, I, the, the violence would probably tear the country to a point where... You know, it wouldn't. You wouldn't have to work for what you want. You just go take it. And if you can't take it, you hide. You know, <laughs> society becomes a big fucking game of hide and seek. Yep. Don't want to be in that, bro. That it t- doesn't it sound tends fun to at happen, all. right? Like <laughs> that tends to happen until the people who can't do shit other than push people around die because they can't get any more th- shit. That done. could take hundreds of years. It normally, if you look at the Middle East, it, it, the nice thing is, is because of the United States, we have a great track record of watching countries get absolutely obliterated by a fucking military force and then have to grow from uh, from scratch. Mm. It can. It's happened in Germany, mm. right? Like East Germany is now beautifully functional and it wasn't more than 40 years ago that mm-hmm. they were uh, behind the Iron Curtain and part of uh, uh, the one of the most derelict communist states to ever be created. So there's there's always going to be examples of things that we can we can kind of get globally. And the United States just gives us so many of those options, right? Like those opportunities to look around. But like Poland was absolutely flattened by the fucking Second World War. Germany, East Germany was flattened basically until the 80s. Mm uh, you can look at Afghanistan. I I think that actually the saddest one is the one that's been purposely destroyed when it was a thriving one, a thriving country, which is Iran. Iran, because they competed with Saudi Arabia and Saudi Arabia is the United States little bitch boy. They, they decided that they were going to go and take out Iran because you look back at fucking photos from the 50s, 60s and 70s in Iran and women were 40 percent of their fucking university students. Yep. Women, women were before in the, the they were in the United States hitting those percentages. They were hitting that in Iran. Now Iran looks like they're fucking like just your stereotypical Middle Eastern picture. Yep. It's insane the amount of uh, of corruption that the United States has inflicted on these countries. So the, it'll be ironic because the the country that says that it, it can it can rebuild terrorist nations that have uh, you know become corrupt and destroyed will have to prove it once and for all mm-hmm. because they've never actually had to. But with they're gonna their own to, people. They're gonna have to do it with their own <laughs> people. But I do think that 
there's when there's a will, there's a way, and there's a lot of pride in Americans. And I think the all eyes being on them, I don't know that they would devolve into just a murderous rampaging like the rest of the world would show shame in them. Like they would be they like we we would all be looking at them like they're a giant joke. And if they started to threaten anything, no, we I mean, are this already. would be a worldwide problem. If the, well, th- this, if this, the economy of the world crashed. Yep. And the U.S. defaulted on its debts or interest rates skyrocketed. These are problems that would be mostly seen all around the world. I mean, excluding, you know, almost medieval societies and North Korea, which is pretty much a medieval society. <laughs> um, everywhere that functions with currency and exchange, uh, you know, if the U.S. dollar tanks for one hour... Uh, that's all it'll take. Uh, the, the, the entire country would be insolvent, yeah, and everybody would pull out, and then no, no money. But we're would talking be left. about the beauty of this is that we're currently in a situation where an insane minority of the of the physical population owns that wealth and is directly impacted. Mm. Most of Americans are are already fucked and just don't know it because credit card companies allow them to continue the illusion right or i mean like how many times have you like i like to watch like those restaurant impossibles and stuff like that They're like oh i'm nine hundred thousand dollars in debt i'm 1.2 million in debt how 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 are you who one keeps giving who you keeps money giving you money and that's what keeps happening in america that's just normal bro i they see just, it every day in the car business so fucked how do you just keep getting money i'm like oh man i'm like 40 grand in debt i'm not even like i'm i'm actually in the green right now or the black or whatever you want to fucking call it i'm not in the red but but <laughs> like if you're if you're talking like in the united states if everything gets fucked most of the individuals have an op- opportunity to thrive it, like on an individual basis you don't have to go and work for the guy whose business went under. You didn't want to go to work anyways. Most people have to work two jobs to make sure that they can pay for a one job to pay for the food in the house, the other job to pay for the daycare to cover for their kids. You get rid of those two jobs and you give them the food. Then they don't have to worry anymore. And the give them the food part is the big question, right? But that's the ideal, ideal I think, that the United States would come to, where they actually do care about one another quite deeply when it comes down to it. It's this divide that they have where they can see other people have more than them. If everybody's down at the same time, you always see it. And you see it not just in the U.S., you see it around the world. When everybody's mm. getting faced with the same shit, everybody rises together. And I do think that the fact that we have almost all the wealth concentrated in about 10%, 10, 15% of the, uh, uh, the hands, watching all of those dumb fucks collapse, they're going to oh. be the ones running news. Oh, the world's burning. You need to buy water now. We'll never give you water again. I mean, in <laughs> Canada, we're actually pretty nice because we don't actually rely on government for water. <laughs> like, like, I mean, we do to a degree, but we can also just go for a 15-minute drive to a river and we're good. Or literally go out and take a shovel of snow. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Most of the <laughs> yeah exactly but yeah. yeah i think that while i'm a pretty big pessimist most of the time i do think that my pessimism is actually more towards the system i think the system is it should fail but i actually don't think it's that bad if it does i do think that the the measures that like the united states has gotten to the point where like i said the wealth is concentrated into so i just few think hands, you and matter. i have such vastly different dream worlds following what happens if it all fails 
You know, like my, my dream world would be like a completely laissez-faire capitalist system. And that would that would be perfect because uh, it would. Well, yeah, that's I think that's what I, I like an automated uh, that pays for most of it. Right. How like, do you mean? Like, oh, like it, with robots and shit? Yeah. Fuck yeah. Yeah. So, so this I'm is this is what I, so this is yeah. this is where I'm thinking like like let's say it's not that far. Uh, we're not that far right now. So if you go to the Safeway in Manning in Edmonton here, they actually have like little uh, like they're growing their own plants in the store right now. So they have oh. their own green rooms, which is fucking oh. cool. Yeah. Uh, um, and Those places are probably filled with bacteria, though. Like they're spraying water in a concentrated place. And they yeah. Yeah, health standards maybe maybe because uh, uh, i know like i'm sure I, they've had to hit those but and the, those lights tend to kill bacteria as well like the also true the use. uv lights yeah. yeah so they do have like the, the lights to control for it. but either way my point was more that these companies are already like the self-checkouts already exist you go to costco it's all self-checkout now or mostly self-checkout you go to all of these stores it's self-checkout you look at their warehousing it's normally insanely fast-moving robots that are moving at like kilometers per second and yeah flying around fucking uh, warehouse and shipping everything we're going to get our and our meat processing is already up to that point which is a problem um from an ethical standpoint but pr- pr- our produce is being made in bulk all of these things uh, can be automated and that's when expropriation makes a laissez-faire capitalist system work mm. right you owe your country or 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 a duty to um, sit at this trading post, work at this store for uh, five hours a week, ten hours a week, whatever, yeah. ba- based off of the size of your family, yeah. right? And yeah. and it's like it's all owned by the community. But yeah, Jim, it's your shift on Tuesday. You're going to go and do that shift because I, you have- I, I wouldn't agree with that. I'd, I'd still want there to be business, but well, I mean, I think that the business that would come would be less about need and more about want so we would have like like so not the food and stuff like that but yeah yeah, you would have needs based things where like yeah if you wanted to yeah you can go and work harder and then you know you can create stuff that are more fun things so i would imagine in the digital sphere that would be a thing like video games and whatnot would be a thing that would still be getting created um i would imagine that any kind of pleasurable experience and art would would expand massively um we would probably see a huge uptick in all sorts of uh, different creative ventures. So I think that what I mean is more just our needs are taken care of by the system. Mm-hmm. And that, that we've already been at that point for 70 years where the system could have taken care of our needs and it just hasn't. It's just been expanding instead. So I'd like to see that. I think that we're not as far apart. I think that I get a little bit more giddy about the, the initial parts where I know it's going to be tough, but I, I like the idea of seeing the wealthy suffer. So I think that that gives me pleasure in a way that maybe it doesn't for you. Mm. And maybe it's because you're a better person than me, but no, I, uh, uh, I, I was praying for, for Muskie's fucking, uh, rocket to explode. I feel like those things, uh, uh, I, I I think it would just be funny. You know, I, I, (laughs) uh, I I hazard that one of these, uh, billionaires is going to die like that, man. And it's going to be like probably in the next three, four years. Yeah. Uh, They're going to go up on one of these fucking bonerific rocket trips, you know, to show off their great tax write-off company that the government's supporting. Yeah. Like, fuck you. How about that? You know, you're going to say you're a big businessman, but you're taking government subsidies. Yeah. Like, fuck you. How about do it yourself. Be a man. 
Like, well, oh, I'm going to take billions of millions of dollars from the taxpayers so I could build rockets I could have built without the money in the first place. Yeah. With the money they made by the system that they've so corrupted in this oligarchical fashion. I, I don't I don't get it one well, for one second. I got no problem with the human beings wanting to go to space. I think that is honestly our only hope should we continue this yes. uh, oligarchy that we decide to live in. Um, I, I don't think that the government should at all subsidize uh, when these billionaires, almost trillionaires, decide they want to build rockets and go to space. No, fuck off. The government should have absolutely no dollars invested in any private entity that is not gener- generating towards the people's necessities. Yep. Right? If it's if it's making housing more affordable, if what he was building was was uh, a fucking warehouse that made houses in 30 minutes by robots and Dude. that then and they were affordable, they were they were inexpensive, easy to manufacture and easy to transport, fucking do it. Government should be all up in that business. I will make sure that all of your road uh, road repair is subsidized. Everything on that trip will be paid for. We need those houses immediately mm. and they will be the they'll be coming out. Same thing. If you're if you're like, "Oh, man, I can I can mass produce a whole bunch of fucking uh uh produce for you guys and we're going to no longer have to wor- wor- rely on the slave labor of third world countries." Yeah. Uh cool. Yeah, you go you want to build one of those and you have to build it on Mars to do it to make it effective sure whatever you got to do musky i'm on your side but the problem is is what they're doing is just vanity projects for their own bullshit like if you're gonna go up there if you're really gonna like the only government investment should be sending him into a black hole because at least then science is learning something i'm Mm -hmm. fine with that send him into a black (laughs) hole but if you want government behind it yeah you're going to the black hole yeah right i want to see what happens tell me what happens on the other side yeah apparently there's a white hole i'm curious what that is i know then there's a brown hole uh, I've heard about those ones, but those are more earthbound. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> hey. Uranus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. But yeah. But yeah, I don't I don't see I don't see it panning out as colossally awful in the early years as I think you do. I think that there's a chance for it to be bad. I think that's the only direction we have left. I I think humans we, we we've just started to give up what made us free and independent. And I think that the more we move towards this cultural norm of literally that lady you were talking about going on a plane, making a tweet, coming off the plane, turning her phone on, losing her entire livelihood in the span of six hour flight uh, or eight hour flight, however long it was. But it's just, it, it just goes to show you that, this isn't this isn't sustainable. It isn't. It's well, not smart. Smartphones in general are not a good source. of We anything. consume too much. We don't share because we refuse to, nor should we. Mm-hmm. But we have a group of people that think that oh, we need to give everything to everybody. That that, that that just won't work. It's not possible. If it was possible, someone would have tried it, or someone would have done it. Yeah. It be the reason why it's not possible is because we value profit. Well, and profit is what puts smartphones in our hands, and that's it. Need they need to go that's right? A, yeah. If you look, if you look at all of the studies related to children, like uh, the current generations, the ones who grew up with smartphones, it's fucking absolutely devastating to see what happens. So they they say that um, the average fifteen uh, year old right now requires a one like per minute 
in the first 10 minutes of posting anything for them to keep it up. Otherwise, they delete it. Uh, yeah. What? They, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's sad. They spend an average of two and a half hours per day on social media to like this is yeah per day um and the uh the average 15 year old is reporting loneliness on a scale that's never been seen as if they they don't have any real friends because they have only digital connections and the fomo uh-huh. is what is what's real when they the reason why they can't get away from their phone is because they're afraid that they're going to miss the next viral tweet and they're not going to be in on it when they have a conversation with their fake online friends which are the only source of friendship that they actually have it's a depressing cycle that it's created where they don't actually have a social sphere mm. i so, wouldn't say that's every child no of course not it's way more the like middle-class western child mm-hmm. right but that's those are the people who end up getting elected to run the country so we need to make sure they're not depressed we need know, to when, make they're, sh- when they're 70 sure <laughs> yeah that's another thing i need to stop there needs to be like a mandatory like retire at 60 or something when you're when you're when it comes to politics, politics like, like come on you're impacting so social order you have to be in touch with what's going on in society yeah. you cannot be Joe Biden or Donald Trump or fucking like <laughs> like two, on, two on of medication the most and collapsing people. on stage like Clinton Ugh. like yeah there hasn't been a good like Obama was the fucking youngest one and Mitt Romney was a pretty decent option too yeah. minus the magic underwear Obama <laughs> right yeah. like like you can't run for office if you believe in magic underwear I'm sorry like <laughs> magic um, underwear okay maybe I don't know the full story here what's the magic underwear uh, Mormons have to wear some sort magic of underwear. magic underwear I think yeah uh, for whatever reason what man it's a religion that was started by a 14-year-old uh, boy that talked about Jesus' uh, travels in the, more, in the Americas and looking at, uh, yeah, Jesus looking is at white, stones inside of a hat and talking about the Nephites. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's like, I, I know saw far too Park. much about that bullshit, but yeah, it's... I, I just, any, I mean, we built a boat big enough to house two of every animal. Yeah. And they didn't, like, cannibalize each other the minute the, the boat... The boat that they described also wouldn't fit two of every species of and beetle. weird fact they only had like animals within a five mile radius of the guy that wrote the book i mean know, why no, didn't they mention no the zebras dum, no kangaroos dum, 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 dum. <laughs> yeah kangaroos are pretty fucking cool <laughs> yeah then didn't hear about kangaroos yeah. penguins and flamingos oh what about god just didn't. motherfucker I mean, dodo bird i mean everybody focuses on that they don't focus on the fact that depending on which version you read abraham was somewhere between 500 and 850 years old Dude, what? I like, yeah. yeah, yeah, sick, yeah. So, so it's a, it's a, it's a good life. Yeah, it was a good life. Oh. You, uh, people live longer back then, uh, because when with God, anything is possible. Yeah, like fucking get out of your head there. Like I, I just, uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't. Yep, I yep. Don't know. Yeah, it's but, uh, yeah. But back to the the federal side of things or our politics. Side yeah, I think things. we've ripped on religion enough. We've ripped on it enough. But like <laughs> look, looking across the country, I mean, I thought it was uh, it was pretty pretty sad to see how much money was spent on it. I think I think we've talked about the political marketing, and I think I when I told you guys about how political marketing isn't regulated, did you guys notice the radio ads for the feds? this year and how deceptive they were because i heard the conservative ones a couple of times and it was so fucking deceptive it was like liberal inflation is back that part wasn't the deceptive part <laughs> don't worry don't worry it's coming it was like 
your food, your housing, your transportation all going up. And I'm like, that is all provincial. That's conservative inflammation. (laughs) (laughs) Inflation, not inflammation. That's conservative inflammation. Yeah, but it's conservative inflation from the UCP government. Those are all local based issues yeah you want to talk about our our fucking oil prices going up the cost of transportation cost of flights cost of housing that's federal stuff but they can't even be honest in a fucking radio ad they're like we got to hit them where it hurts at their homes oh wait shit that's that's where the province oh, oh, works oh, oh, oh shit uh, oh shit well, morty. we don't have to be honest let's oh, just say oh, it oh, anyway yeah. getting up, morty. Oh, oh no uh, it's just bullshit <laughs> and it's so frustrating when you hear it so yeah, uh, I mean, uh, the Bloc Québécois, frustrating as all hell. It was nice to see the NDP get a couple more seats in there. Yep. I like seeing Jagmeet yep. up there and yep. getting a bigger Absolutely. voice. Uh, whether or not you think he should run the, the country, he's at least a, a good person, and he's he will hold people accountable. He talks, like, he tells Trudeau to his face, like, oh, you're going to give water to, to First Nations? Like, he calls them out in person, like, the way it needs to be done properly. So it's nice to see. But... And you know what? Trudeau used to do that, too. That's why I voted for him in the first round. The first round. run around. See, I was... Uh, prior to that one, I was a huge Jack Layton fan, and then he died. Yeah. And when he died, I was just like, I don't know what the fuck's going on with this party. Screw that. <laughs> You're a fan of Jack Layton? I was actually a big fan oh, of yeah. Jack Layton. Yeah. Like, he was, the first, he was the first NDP, head of the NDP, that had some economic sense. Was he going to overspend? Of course he was. Old of course he was. Tug Layton. Right? But... At the same time, what he you was spending on? No, he went. He was apparently caught on a rub and tug, like oh, geez. Thai massage place. <laughs> uh, yeah, look it up. It's it's a real story. I'm not. I'm not making. Hey, this. I'd I'd go. These are yeah, real facts. I mean, <laughs> that doesn't play off, but doesn't really play into his fiscal responsibility side of things. Like, I don't really care about. Like, I liked the show Two and a Half Men. Don't care if he's got Tiger's blood in his veins. Right. Right. Like, also true. There's just there's certain things that. I, I can kind of separate the But I think the an two. entertainer and a politician should hold themselves to different standards. I well, think when it comes to when it comes to ethics, for sure, but going to a rub and tug, like, how many good-looking politicians do you think can just get... Like, so, the interesting thing from a politician standpoint, legally speaking, because <laughs> what makes Bill Clinton a rapist... <laughs> are, are you, are you, no, are no, you no, advocating... No, 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 no. but what I'm going to say right now is there's a very unique situation for politicians and people of power. So... <laughs> What made Bill Clinton a rapist in uh, in the Monica Lewinsky uh, case and with multiple others uh, is the power imbalance that he has as president and former president. True. You have a massive power imbalance that says like, whenever you uh, say, do you want to, or are you going to do this? There's, there's behind that, like, are you going to do this for your president to serve your country? Are you going to do yeah. this because I can threaten you? Are you going to do this because I can weigh it, I can take everything away from you? There, those those threats all loom. It's what makes Kevin Spacey a rapist as well, right? Mm. It was that power imbalance there? And so, when you look at a politician, yeah, everybody guy, like, like when you just acknowledge everybody cheats, I think that's the first one. So he actually took the closer to the more ethical one. Someone who is was engaged in a safe area. To do what she was pay- like being paid to do, she wasn't being victimized on the street, and he wasn't in a power imbalance because it was it was a transactional uh, affair. Mm. At uh, I mean, there's no such thing as a legal establishment, so but an official establishment. Capitalism works. Uh, no, capitalism actually has uh, through through their system. Well, capitalism with Christianity has removed those as being feasible businesses. Ah. Uh. 
Because the West was all founded by brothels, and now they're yeah. Whatever illegal. happened to those, man? Uh, Christianity. <laughs> it, uh, it, it was generally yeah. It was because so socially, the reasoning is because in the 1800s, in the late 1800s, the women's movement couldn't move forward without the temperance movement. And so the temperance movement was like the the Christian uh, conservative movement, and so it was like the uh, the two child white family um, mm-hmm. ideal household kind of standards where the man goes to work, woman doesn't uh, sure, doesn't sure. step out of line, asks her how her husband's day was, all of that bullshit, right? So this is, and we're talking like pre fifties, we're talking like eighteen hundreds, where women have yeah. no right; they're they, they were covered Their property, in like, yeah, and and in, quite literally in in law in yeah. France and in and uh, and anybody who adopted the common law or the not the common law, the civil law, it, they were called femme couvelle, where if you became married, you were you no longer had responsibilities, but you also had no rights, so you had to just do whatever. So basically, hmm. there were arguments through Christianity that you don't hit people, how to treat people, things like that. There were some of the more flowery language was being taken out of the Bible by the temperance movement and saying, no, you can't do this. But what they were really advocating, they were saying it wasn't actually men who were doing it. They were drinking and it was part of their evilness of drinking that made them do this. And so the temperance movement was all about trying to reduce alcoholism across the country. And so the women's rights movement, which there were two competing groups that were coming up at the time. Yeah. Um, but the women's white, uh, rights um, movement, they actually had to sign on with the temperance movement in order to get people's, uh, people's attention because men wouldn't listen to women unless it was their wife. And so you had to kind of get their wife to introduce them to the women's idea of women's suffrage and how that can all also better society as well. And so women got a vote through temperance and through this basically this social order but what we saw was exactly that was a when you get rid of alcohol and you get rid of uh the 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 sex and the extraneous activities you're getting rid of the brothels and what you're saying is you're calling them deviants of society right Mm. like it's when jesus was no longer about what jesus did it became about other biblical stories because jesus was always healing the 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 lepers and he was hanging out with prostitutes all the time but apparently that was no longer a cool thing to do so then you started to see all of them shutting down because it was still like 1880s you still you actually had um the earliest recorded um uh, full salary including health care for women operating brothels in uh new york so nope. I think it was New York or Chicago. I got I got to look back into it, but yeah. So they they actually were earning an average salary equivalent today to one hundred and twenty thousand dollars a year with full medical. Wow. Yeah. So like that, I mean, medical back in the eighteen hundreds though, not great, but no. still nice. <laughs> Especially if they measured Lots your skull of, and determined you were going to be a criminal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Good Lots old chronology. Or, oh, I think we need to amputate it. It's yeah. Smelling like cheese now. Yeah. Oh man. Oh, God. God. And there was Before no anesthesia. Theory, like there was no anesthesia. Well, it wasn't Just until have that, some you, whiskey. You want to know something terrifying? <laughs> you want to know something absolutely terrifying? It wasn't until the middle of 2020 that scientists globally understood for the first time how general anesthesia or not how general how anesthesia works. We've been using it because it functions. We didn't understand what processes it was functioning on until last year we've been going to sleep on a whim until last year that's crazy absolutely fucking nuts that it's been that long (laughs) yeah also 
we just sequenced the human genome four months ago. Everybody thinks the human genome was sequenced in 2001. 85% was sequenced in 2001. We finished in April. Dope. Yeah, wow. five months ago. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what can we do with that? We can't really do anything. Oh, yet. yeah. Not yet. <laughs> okay. Not yet. I mean, maybe yet. with CRISPR, we can start creating mutants and then we can become the next uh, X-Men. No, just oh, make yeah. the FEV virus. Yeah. We need that. Uh, yes. What's your face? That I want to uh, be the virus. Yeah. Just be like, make yourself into. Speaking like of a, virus, yeah. I need to see that Matrix. Uh, yeah, we got to watch that one. Yeah, exactly. I think that's it for today. Yeah, yeah, yeah we've kind of gone all over. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and you know a what? Lot to talk about. Just a last Wednesday. little thing here. You guys back and forth on the societal collapse and the economy going. What if everything's just going to be okay? Uh, I mean, it could happen. <laughs> I, I think the likelihood of that is ever quickly shrinking shrinking i I think if we started making the right choices um fast we could we could stop if not maybe slow it down even but uh i i just i don't see it i uh yeah you know what that one internet blackout that could be enough to remove enough of our uh carbon monoxide from the air to set our greenhouse gas emissions records almost instantly just by Uh, disconnecting us from shipping we have to use much more inefficient means to travel or to but we won't even be able to track the travel we won't be able to track the transportation we won't be able to actually send funds we've been using digital currency which doesn't actually exist yeah doesn't even exist well nor does currency really yeah well that's why collect silver and gold platinum (laughs) All right, guys. Well, we hope you have an awesome couple more days here on Hump Day, and uh, don't forget to tune in on Friday. We'll go. Uh, we'll go a little bit uh, into why we were gone for a couple weeks and a couple other things. Yeah. yeah. Well, thanks for tuning in, and have a good one. Have a good one.